gotten to the place that holds it all brother inside this dark room my man there's a coffin and in that coffin lucifer himself and you know what lucifer has for you the final piece to the puzzle you've trusted me to this point you've reached out and you've given me your hand and you believed in me you opened your soul and let me have it but you need to step inside this room because in this room there's that coffin and lucifer sets waiting for you Reach in there, grab him by the throat, and let him give you the answer. The trust I had before did me no wrong. The ultimate warrior has no fear. Let me in. Stand back, my man. <laughs> Sounds real nice, doesn't it? Go on. It's dark, but you're not afraid of darkness. Learn to live. Learn to slide in, my man. Go for it. You'll find the answer in the center of the room, warrior. I know it's dark, but find it. I'm stepping on. What is it, Snake Man? Oh, you, maybe uh, I'll shed a little light on the subject for you there, big guy. Ah. Uh, what do you think ah. about that, warrior? Ah. Just ah. a few friends of mine, huh? Ah. Oh, just little friends of mine. Ah. Come on, they're just snakes. Just a little skin prick, nothing that'll hurt you. Rewatch a movie. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Quick, quick, quick. Hey, Please don't aggregate this. Lillard, long range three. Their defense is atrocious. I'm sort of the rock star. Tiso is the official watch of the NBA. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows how I feel about aggregation. I'm oddly intrigued by neck tattoos. Yeah, we love China. We love no playing there. Oh, man, oh, man. I'm, sorry. I'm sorry. It's just hitting me right now. Shut up and listen. You, you think you're better than me? <laughs> Honestly, one of my low-key favorite uh, parts of the entire Royal Rumble is the Rumble participant promos. Yes. Um, this little string of promos uh, before the, um, the, the the next match. Um, I don't know what it was about. I mean, can we talk a little bit about this backdrop? I don't know why exactly, but there's something that triggers this background. It's uh, obviously very difficult to express in a um, audio medium, but it is a you know basically like the the little backdrop that's set up um, behind the wrestlers. Um, but it, um, it's like this, this kind of like baby blue, like it sort of looks like a cloudy, like, uh, like clouds in the sky, (laughs) but it also could be like the smoke from an explosion. It's like very thick, but at the same time, not like black or gray clouds. They're like light baby blue clouds. Um, and then on top of that, they, and there's these like vertical white lines that kind of run down, um, and then the WWF Royal Rumble logo in that like incredible like yellow gold uh, orange like font that kind of reminds me of like the old um, SNES Capcom logo like the uh, the intro uh, screen for a Capcom game something about that those colors and that uh, design just like trigger this like deep like nostalgic like comfort like drug like some chemical is like released in my brain when I see that backdrop and I'm just like, it just really transports me like more than any other thing for some reason, like that backdrop is, is like 
this little like indelible, indelible image um, that just makes me feel very, it makes me feel good. Yeah, and so our, our first participant here is uh, Jake the Snake. So they don't run through, obviously, all 30 wrestlers, um, but we get some of the... It's a teaser. Some, of the, teaser some of the stars. Just to like, kind of wet your whistle, just, just to remind mm-hmm. you, like, hey, you know, you had the championship event before, but the main, the main, main event here is the Royal yeah. Rumble, and here are some of the characters you're going to be seeing. Jake the Snake. Which I don't know if... Yeah, I don't know if we fully um, it, like um, verbalize this, but like one of the things that's incredible about this event is is you get all these matches, um, and in the back of your mind, as you're watching this as a kid, you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is incredible!" Like the Rockers match is so good, blah blah blah, and then right. like this Ultimate Warrior, the championship, and the entire time you're watching all this incredible stuff, still in the back of, uh, in the back of your mind, you're like the best thing is actually yet to come. Yeah. Um, and it's incredible how Piper actually does a great job throughout the event of, of like reminding us of that. Like in the rockers match, he's like, I can't believe this is only just beginning, you know? And then like later on, you know, during the, um, I don't remember like boss man match or something like that. He says, and we're not even halfway through, you know, like they're constantly reminding you, like this is such a treasure trove of like, of, of just like you know, you know it's like having like a like a christmas morning you know last three hours long when you're like a little kid where you're you know you start with like the stocking and then you open up like a couple small gifts and the the whole time you're like enjoying the small gifts but you know like there's an even bigger gift like coming at the end um and it's just like it's a really really great <laughs> yeah like s- like structure and, and setup it's um, a very overwhelming event um yeah and it's very fitting that like the penultimate event is the most overwhelming thing of all which is like you are going to have 30 eventually 30 wrestlers all wrestling at once in theory Mm -hmm. you know like people get thrown out of the ring whatever but like also just it's such a long event it's it's sort of like blows your you know eight-year-old mind that Mm -hmm. you are going to be mainlining um wrestling like this high end like championship Mm -hmm. level wrestling like this for hours (laughs) yeah it's like the richest dessert you could ever like eat as a kid and it lasts three hours which yeah like think about that you don't i remember this is like i don't really understand why i i like did this but as a kid i literally used to um, use a Royal Rumble as like a um, like a unit of time. Like when someone told me something was um, you know like a car ride was like we're driving all the way up to Maine you know for a, for a vacation. That's it's a six hour drive, and I would literally think to myself, "Well, you could watch two Royal Rumbles in that so it's time." Like two Rumbles. Um, yeah, like literally, like that was like my like that was the thing. Like three hours, it was longer than like any movie we ever watched as a kid. Yeah. You know, a football game was like two and a half. Right. Um, you know, like three hours was like longer than anything that we ever like sat and did for like a solid period of time. You know, yeah, dude, it was, it was um, like an odyssey. It was a full yeah evening. So anyway, yeah. So getting back to these promos, things are kicked off here. Jake the Snake is is first up. Right now, we're gonna hear something from some of the participants in the Royal Rumble. There are 29 men that think they are ready for the Royal Rumble, but yet there is only one snake that is absolutely sure what he's got to do. You see, I see a lot of men sweating. Not me. I'm cold, brother. Ice water running through the veins. You see, Rick Martell, I know what I got to do. Like a surgeon, brother, I will cut my way through those 29 men to get to you. We haven't talked about him much um, in these uh, proceedings yet, but, man, we he's 
a, an all timer, one of my one of my favorites. Yeah, He's just got a great like talk about like an like a like an actor's craft, like his his voice, his like demeanor, everything. Like Jake Roberts, let me ask you this: I agree with you. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was the uh, toughest competition you faced here in the World Wrestling Federation. But that was the moment you chose to come up from behind before the match started. Perhaps you were afraid of meeting any real competition face to face. You're saying that I'm afraid? I'm asking the you question. You know something? Sometimes it's better to remain quiet and be thought a fool than it is to speak up and erase all doubt. And Steamboat, you made a mistake by turning your back on me because I don't play no games. I don't have to play games. I don't have to watch games because I can control this sport with one move. DDT. DDT. You've seen what Steamboat looks like. Black eyes, everything, head swelling up. Looks like the elephant man. That's because you administered taste. it to him on the concrete It doesn't floor. matter. The bottom line in this sport is winners and losers. I never have been a loser Great. because winning is the only thing that fills the pockets. And that's what this sport's about. No other person could ever be Jake the Snake except for... There's something timeless about him. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys know what I mean by that, but like kind of it makes sense. Like we were talking about before talking about um, uh, Slaughter's physique, how it was like he had this like guile and cunning and had sort of this charisma and elusiveness that sort of allowed that was his advantage. It felt the same way about Jake the Snake Roberts, where it was like he's never going to be stronger than you. He's always just going to be savvier and like have this like elusive kind of quality that will always allow him to he'll he'll be here longer than any of us kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Extremely yeah. snake-like in that way. He's kind of just like he's scary in the sense that he's like one of those guys he, he Where's the warrior? It's like you can like picture in your mind him you know at the training table measuring his how many grams of protein and carbohydrates and uh you know meticulously writing down how many uh deltoid yes. flies he's done and with jake the snake he's like you don't picture any right. of that because that isn't imposing and that isn't scary to think about those things it's uh, like it's like jake the snake's kind of this guy with nothing to lose one of those like tall guys that's big that just takes it for granted like he does it's just hey i'm big and he, you know he could walk into the roadhouse uh with his wrangler jeans on and you know not to mess with that fellow mm-hmm. it's like what is training yeah. what does training actually look like for jake the snake roberts like i have a very clear idea of what it looks like for the ultimate warrior like you said ghost but for jake the yeah. snake is it is training for the Royal Rumble it, essentially hanging out with his snakes? It's hanging out with his snakes and doing the bare minimum required contractually. Like, fucking McMahon calls him up and like, Jake, you know, you need to come to the yeah. to the gym and work out a little bit. Like, ah, shut the fuck yeah. up. Yeah. Like, he, he'll He's, do it and, like, punch a time card in the gym just because he has to. But he just has this natural, taken for granted, like, big guy vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. He's sitting in his Barca lounger, like, drinking a six pack of Bud Budweiser when <laughs> yeah. when McMahon Bud calls him up this time. You know, asks him like where he is. You got you know, you gotta show up. Jake says, Are you fucking kidding me? You know, like flings the empty beer can across the room, <laughs> yeah. you know, turns his TV off and like throws his trench coat on and, and goes you know, leaves his his one man like trailer uh that he lives Have in. Have you guys seen the Jake um, the Snake documentary that was produced a couple years ago? I think that's what happens to most people in this world. They they worked their whole life and then they retire. All the retirees don't last long. They have no purpose in life anymore. 
Didn't you used to be Jake the Snake Robber's man? What happened to you? You're a sick man, Robert. Oh, that's true, I am. At least you know that. All these things that happened to me as a kid, they make you who you are. Yo, Jake, I haven't heard from you in a while. Give me a call. A month. A month ago, you did crack, man. How often do you feel like you fight it, fight the addiction? 24 shot. Before anyone can actually help you, you gotta be ready to help yourself. It's not a choice, man. Cravings hit you, it's on. I would definitely recommend it. It's it's not the easiest watch, especially, you know, for anyone that like grew up loving Jake the Snake, like long story short, he had a really difficult post uh WWF portion of his life and um had like some serious issues and demons with addiction. Um but uh, man, the guy—I mean, the guy was an absolute legend uh, in the ring here as a as a star in the WWF. Well, thanks to the fact that uh, Vince McMahon uh, offers uh, zero pensions or health care for his employees, um, which he deems um, contracted uh, uh, labor, so that he doesn't have to um, provide any of those things. Um, because of that. Uh, Jake the Snake was able to get a uh, life-saving, uh, life-saving operation, if I'm not mistaken, um, because of fans, because of a, uh, a GoFundMe um, that fans set up for him. Uh, otherwise, he would be dead, um, like so many of his uh, counterparts are today. So, Jeez. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was awesome. Um, <laughs> um, getting moving on. Yeah, next up on the on the promo uh, uh, circuit here is Earthquake. In the Royal Rumble, it's every man for himself, baby! The Rumble's here, and I know a lot of people are going to go right for the Earthquake. But I'm ready, so bring them all on. Bring on The Undertaker. Bring on Mr. Perfect. Bring on Tugboat. And Hogan, I've got something special just for you! Our first sight of Earthquake. Um, and I don't know if you guys had any first impressions, but the word that uh, that quite literally sprung to my mind was uh, bouncy. Yeah. Very, <laughs> he's extremely bouncy, this Earthquake. Um, this is something you wouldn't, uh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get more into when we, when we get into the actual rumble, but um, Earthquake... I was an earthquake guy. Like, uh, yeah. in fact, like Ben, I, <laughs> I'm shocked. Color me shocked. I don't know if you know this about me, but like, I might consider earthquake like just about my all-time favorite. Like, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like there were other guys. Like, I, <laughs> I love the warrior. I love the boss man. Maybe, maybe this is more what I'm saying. Like, do you know how ultimately you're sort of a Randy Savage? I always sort of fancy sure. myself something of an earthquake. Wow. Uh, <laughs> and um, I just really got, I just really got this man, the earthquake. I was, uh, he was just like a ferocious beast, um, you know, a uh, uh, ghost. Like he, he was all energy. I mean, he was just larger than life. Um, as as we know, and I, I, you know, we can talk about this more uh, when we get to the match. But man, I was so hyped for Earthquake as a kid, and to see him here in this promo, just bouncing around, looking spry, um, sweaty as all can be, just wow! Uh, very excited yeah. about the Earthquake's uh, prospects here. I'm with you, Chris. You know, as as you guys know, the more beast-like and closer to the animal nature a man is, the more <laughs> I'm into him, and so. 
this guy, just like an earthquake, great potential energy, and then as Ben pointed out, he converts that lickety-split into kinetic energies, bouncing all up and down. And also, it's one of those things with earthquake, it's like where you really get shook, like when you realize that Homer Simpson is a 38-year-old man, okay? Um, you're looking at a man in his 20s here. I was about to ask if you guys knew how old Earthquake no. was at the time of it's this. No. absolutely, like, devastating. What are you, <laughs> like, what are you talking what? about? <laughs> yeah. yep. Right? You're an eight-year-old kid, and you say, Hey, uh, Chris, hey, Ben, how old is this man? How old is Earthquake? Uh, you guess, maybe. You well, with, As a kid, you overestimate. You say he's, like, 70 years old, right? But you look at this man even nowadays, and Wait, you say, I would have guessed uh, he was 40s, at least in his 50s. mid-40s. At least. Absolutely not. You're looking at a man in his prime. 27. No. 27 is how how old he was at the time of the 1991 Royal Rumble. No. 27. Wow. Yeah, I know. That absolutely blew my mind when I discovered that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's worse than the Homer Simpson yeah. when you realize Homer Simpson. I mean, it makes that it makes me love him all the more. Like, of course, like, yeah, he was like an artist, you know. Like, he look at the physical gifts on this man. I mean, mm-hmm. what? I just wow, just I, I I love Earthquake. Ghost, would you care to uh, discuss uh, your feelings toward uh, uh, one of the next wrestlers here, Greg the Hammer Valentine? The WWE Royal Rumble. That means there's 29 other men that I have to worry about. Well, that's fine. That's right up my alley because the real hammer is going to come crashing down on all 29 in the WWE Royal Rumble. So here's the thing. Um, (laughs) In the Royal Rumble, Randy Savage was slotted in at the 18 spot. Correct. Okay. We all know this. It was a no-show. And then that sent me down a rabbit hole. And uh, basically, I came across an article, uh, and there was some discussion of the potential stand-ins at the time. Uh, Honky Tonk Man was one such potential, hmm. um, you know, stand-in. And Honky Tonk Man, as we all know, kind of had this Elvish stick. And uh, one particular line in this article stood out. Uh, and that was a black-haired Greg Valentine, quote-unquote. Now, I'm going to link you guys to something right now. Are you, you guys? Can you guys hold that in your mind, a, a black-haired Greg Valentine? Black-haired Greg Valentine, okay. But can you picture that? Have you? Do you know what that looks like? I do, yeah. Black-haired Greg Valentine. Gre- Greg Valentine is a profoundly uh, unattractive man. Um, I don't like how he looks. His head uh. looks like a pumpkin. Um, basically uh. for the the viewers, the listeners at home, it's like, you know, Elvis Presley, he had that, uh, that famous performance in Hawaii, um, about two months before his death. Yeah. And, uh, you've got his loyal Charlie Hodge there holding the guitar, kind of almost mouthing the words, but, uh, Elvis is just kind of trembling and bloated. I wonder if... You know, someone said the world's a stage, and each of us play a part. Fate had me playing in love with you as my sweetheart. I loved you at first glance. I read your lines so cleverly and it must take you. And then came back to 
Hey, wait a minute, Charlie. <laughs> you seem to change. You acted strange. Like in this picture of Greg Valentine with his black hair teaming up with the honky tonk yeah. band, it's like Elvis two months before his death holding the mic for Elvis two minutes before his death, <laughs> and that's Greg Valentine with black hair, <laughs> and it's it makes me sick. And uh, that was a duo called Rhythm and Blues. Valentine's career, unfortunately, has not been short-lived. I mean, this guy and his pumpkin head have Ugh. been uh, doing this for a long time. Now, guys, I didn't let you know this, but I had a little fun with Google Autocomplete out of my disgust for Greg Valentine. <laughs> I started, you know, entering in, you know, this is fun to do. You can enter, why is, yeah, yeah. you know, subject yeah. blank, and see what, you know, Google is going to kick back to you. And it gives you kind of an insight as to what others are searching um mm -hmm. so i did why is the undertaker and that one of the first results was retiring mm -hmm. that's pretty normal enough sure why yeah. is bret hart uh called the hitman okay okay that's yeah. a good question makes sense uh, chris you might like this was big boss man google told me most people ask was he was a he cop? an actual cop yeah uh mm -hmm. i i typed in why is greg valentine and I kid you not, you can try this at home, folks. Still alive. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, it's a great not, question when you not look at that. Not is he still alive, but why is he still that, alive? Why? <laughs> wow, Ghost. Try it at home. It works like a charm. Oh, my God. Uh, it's a great question when you look at that head. And uh, I, I, I really couldn't focus too much on anything he was saying, just that... Bulbous, ugh, 
go, someone take over. I yeah, sick. no, I'm 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 right there with you. He sucked so much. He was like just a, a complete zero as a character. The man had negative charisma. Um, but really, the 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 biggest thing I, that you touched on, Ghost, is is just the the physical appearance. Yeah. That head. I I, um, described him in my notes as somehow, impossibly, looking like a big baby and an elderly grandpa at the same time. (laughs) Like, I don't know how that's possible, but he literally looks like an old man and an oversized baby simultaneously. I I thought it would be like the drug abuse at the time you know yeah. like what what is causing this is it like water retention from supplements dianabol whatever these guys were taking and then i look up the father who was also a wrestler he's got he's got the same cursed genetics it's Jeez. so terrible wow. it's it's yeah no he was awful i remember just being like why like yeah get him out of it like he's not at, he's not adding anything he's not a not a character he's just a stupid no big fat dummy just just a big baby yui dummy yeah yeah no he fucking sucked um could not agree more uh more wholeheartedly there glad that you could um get that off your chest thank you that feels good actually i feel 100 pounds lighter which is about (laughs) the weight of greg valentine's fucking head i mean that is really what this is all about let's be honest um after greg after greg valentine who do we have here ben this is the texas tornado the royal rumble there is electrified 30 of the finest men in the WWE will be competing to see who's number one. But when the clouds go dark and the tornado comes down and touches down in Royal Rumble, there will be one winner, and the one winner will be right here. Texas Tornado, uh, a.k.a. a very poor man's ultimate warrior. Man, I don't uh, really want to go too far down this dark path, yeah. but Texas Tornado had uh, just an extremely, extremely tragic, fucked up uh, real-life family history oh, no. and uh, personal history. Um, yeah, we, uh, we don't need to get into all of it, but if you uh, care to, uh, to feel really, really shitty um, uh, about <laughs> the thing that we're talking about today, um, go ahead and, and look up Texas Tornado. He'd put himself in some bad legal positions, and he was maybe fixed to go to jail, and he had drugs and things that, that you know, you wouldn't want out about yourself, but he could have, in my opinion, he was still so young, he could have got out of that, he could have got straightened up. If he'd come back in two years, bigger and better than ever, probably all would have been forgotten, but he couldn't see it at that time. I think he's a young guy and thought, man, I've screwed it up for good. I'm asked all the time, why? Why would they do that? Drugs, though I lived it, and I lived it almost as a family member. Uh, I, don't, I don't think anyone could ever say why. What happened to Carrie happened. Um, again, stuff that I had absolutely no concept of at the time as a kid i was just like oh he's kind of like a poor man's ultimate warrior like look at him he runs around and does like a whirlwind punch and um but uh yeah he had a very very tragic tragic story uh so moving on to a more fun topic here legion of doom if life is like a roller coaster then you don't want to take a ride on either of us that's right, it's Royal Rumble time! It's every man for himself! And Hawk, remember, things can happen that ain't never happened before. Ooh. Oh, what a rush! Holy fuck, Legion of Doom. I mean, can we talk about how awesome these guys were? Yeah, I mean, 
what what is the inspiration here with the spiky shoulder pads like i could uh, do do we know so that was something that they came up with themselves um they were wrestling in different territories um starting i think in like the early 80s like they really blew up by like the mid 80s um and they were wrestling in in, in different promotions as the road warriors um they have an awesome awesome backstory they were literally um i think they were bouncers at a bar in minneapolis in like the 70s um and it just happened to be like kind of a, a hot spot like a like a like a hot uh what do you call it a breeding ground for for like wrestling talent and they were just like discovered as just like these like just two huge dudes that just like got into like brawl fights like literal like roadhouse like in real life um and someone discovered them and they were just like hey do you want to come and train um and yeah somehow they like linked up um and they were this incredibly popular tag team, the Road Warriors. And then when they came to the WWF um, in, I want to say, like, 88 or 89, um, they uh, had to change their name because they already had the Ultimate Warrior. Um, and then, I forget, there was, like, maybe another warrior somewhere in the mix. But so um, they came up with the Legion of Doom name, which is even, like, just as cool as the Road Warriors, I would say. Um, but yeah, I was inspired by the movie, the road warrior and the, and the, the bad guy, um, in, uh, in Mad Max, um, with the shoulder pads and the, and the face paint and everything. And, um, yeah, they, they like, most of it came from, they had this manager named Paul Ellering, who was like legendary. Um, it's kind of the third member of the, of the crew, um, and kind of a, a, you know, badass in his own right. Um, but these guys were like infamous for, um, like actually delivering like real punches and like you know like <laughs> pretty much like literally beating up the the people they were wrestling um i mean not to the extent that they caused like you know major injuries um but they would literally just like go in and be like yeah like if you wrestle us you're actually gonna get like pretty fucked up <laughs> wow because um, they were just absolute maniacs um and uh and yeah um but of course as a kid i was just like these guys and when you ah man like i don't know like seeing them again on on screen like in their in their prime and all their glory like i mean they were the the coolest crazy to think about just the plethora of of like talent um that the wwf had at this time like when you think about the fact that they had you know these major major like super duper stars hulk hogan macho man you know andre the giant million dollar man ultimate warrior these like larger than life but then like still you like forget about like legion of doom who like for my money could be like my favorite wrestlers in the entire like they were just so awesome they looked so awesome they were so ridiculously jacked you know what the thing about the Royal Rumble is? Like, you get the the entire scope of the the federation, and it kind of yeah, feels like, you get to see basically everyone. Yeah, it kind of feels like SNL's greatest cast, where it's like mm-hmm. even it might not have the singular biggest star in in one year's cast, but like the entirety. If you look like horizontally at like the entirety of the league, it's like they were so deep. There was so much yeah. rich talent across the board. Yeah. And yeah. um 
I would say, like, looking back on these guys, considering the year is 1991 and, and like, thinking about their look and what they brought, it's, like, they were truly innovative, I think. Like, they were doing something very different in sort of their look and approach that, yeah, you know, it just felt like a whole different thing. And the fact that it wasn't something that, that Vince McMahon came up with, it was something that they crafted themselves, um, you know, in, in, in other territories before they came to the WWF. And, and a lot of it really came from from their own minds, like the the um, the haircuts. Um, I like saw a documentary where they talk about the fact that like Hawk was like, if you have a mohawk animal, I'm going to shave my head in reverse mohawk so that at the end of matches, we can put our heads together and like join our mohawks. Um, like that was all just an idea that they had. Um, which is, yeah, it's just so awesome. And then the stuff that they, the shit that they said, I mean, this promo starts out (laughs) with, uh, with Hawk saying, uh, quote, um, if life is like a roller coaster, then you don't want to take a ride on either of us. (laughs) And I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck that means, but let's fucking (laughs) go. Yeah, fair enough. Yes, (laughs) I am in. If life is like a roller coaster, then you don't want to take a ride on either of us. Um, and then, of course, the the promo ends with their the Hawks trademark. Oh, what a rush! Yeah. Next up, we got Undertaker. Whew. Now, this is pretty significant for me. Uh, I mean, obviously, because I was an Undertaker fan. Uh, but more than the Undertaker, I was a Paul Bearer fan. This Nick Roberts, the clock on my embalming room wall is ticking down. Only three weeks away to WrestleMania. Oh yes, there'll be a funeral in Stone Mountain, Georgia. For me to not see the Undertaker's manager like the guy that was synonymous to me with the undertaker i was like Mm -hmm. wait who is this and in fact this is undertaker's first manager brother love the 29 pots have been dug the undertaker will bury all 29 opponents and the only thing the other 29 competitors will be doing tomorrow is rest My goodness. Talk about like a man whose skin is like, I I don't know, like truly like the color of like a bronze penny. Um, (laughs) He with the slick, the slicked back hair, the glasses, the the sort of orangey burnt orange colored shirt, the white blazer, the white tie. My goodness. What a look here on Brother Love accompanying uh the undertaker yeah brother love um one of one of my all-time faves uh i feel like his show you know he had a little uh, uh as uh there were lots of different little like you know spin-off shows yeah. um where the uh his show the brother love show was where like most of the most infamous like off you know uh out, outside the ring shit happened you know that's it was actually the brother love show where earthquake attacked uh hogan hey. Get off headsets. The fans won't have to listen to you. They won't have to listen to me. And you and I can get a bird's eye view of the Brother Love show. Come on, let's go down to the Brother Love set. Uh, which 
started their feud in uh, in in like mid 1990. I mean, we'll have to get into the, the a little little of that backstory later on once the rumble begins. But no, um, but yeah, definitely. Ben, am I correct here? Is so Brother Love was a preacher? Is is that correct? He was like a a preacher. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a like a Southern preacher right, caricature, like claiming yeah. to like preach. Uh, uh, you know, um, I guess not the word of God, but like the word of love. Um, and again, this sort of has the religious sort of like connotations that I mentioned earlier, I think where, you know, there were these sort of subtle, like subconscious kind of nods to Judeo Christian, uh, like ethics and ethos and whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, very interesting here to see brother love with, the Undertaker. Brother Love, another uh, jarring-looking 27-year-old tonight. He was 27, too? Just blew your mind, brother. Oh, my God. Holy shit. Yeah, Bruce Pritchard is the guy's name. <laughs> if my math is right, double check Yeah, me, you're correct. Born in, in March of 63. So he would be turning... Uh, yeah, he'd be turning 28 in a couple months. <laughs> Holy fucking hell, that is crazy. Man, this business ages you. Oh my I God, guess man. Brother Love, Bruce Pritchard, is now a pretty senior-level executive within the WWE. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, the craziest thing is Sergeant Slaughter uh, was 25. Shut. No, that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> Listen, Ghost, I'll yeah, believe a lot second. of stuff. I ain't, I ain't yanking a shovel that one in my mouth. Uh, oh my god! It was worth a try. Yeah, had me for a split second. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No. Very. Uh. Very. Very weird to see Undertaker with someone else by his side. Um. Yeah. So take, Taker was was pretty brand new too. He had made his um, WWF debut just two months prior at uh, Survivor Series 1990. Um, and, uh, and again, a little bit of trivia for you. Um, do you guys know who, uh, which wrestler was it that introduced, um, and, and spoke Undertaker's name to a WWF audience for the very first time? I do not. Got me. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. So without further ado, I will introduce to you now my mystery partner led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley, I give you The Undertaker. <laughs> the Undertaker, the mystery partner is now revealed. I never heard of him. Oh, take oh, a look. Holy cow. Look at the size of that ham hock. Check out them drumsticks, baby. 320 pounds looks to be... 6'9", six, 6'10", six, somewhere in that neighborhood, Rod. 6'10", six, six, I don't know, it's hard to tell from here. Holy cow! Yeah, once again, Million Dollar Man just intertwined with history here. Yeah, it was at uh, Survivor Series 90. Um, so, uh, DiBiase had like a, like a special guest, um, like a mystery guest um, partner uh, for his, uh, his Survivor Series team, and it was none other than Undertaker. Um, and, uh, so yeah, this was only his second, uh, pay-per-view event. Um, uh, I think it was only a month later in February 91 that Undertaker switched managers from Brother Love to Paul Bearer. So, um, yeah, we'll have to, uh, 
have to wait to see uh, Paul Bearer in our, in our next uh, event. Um, also, one last little fun fact for you. The very first Tombstone Piledriver was uh, executed on none other than Coco Beware. Mm. So, Coco Beware, another uh, little historical victim there. Um, yeah, Coco Beware got the first uh, Tombstone Piledriver and also the first Perfect Plex from Mr. Perfect. So, Wow. There you go. All right, after, yep, yep. after the taker, we have Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Oh! Hey, folks, it's getting close. Miami Arena, the Royal Rumble, 30 top professional WWE stars battling out. Well, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I'm going to be the last man in the ring. I'm going to sit in the corner, and if something comes next to me, I'm knocking it out of the ring. Tough guy. Love that Classic. guy. Classic. I feel like he must, like, was he a favorite of yours, Wendelkin? I feel like he would be sure. right up your alley, yeah. the blue collar, yeah. you know, kind of <laughs> maniac. Uh, yeah. Checks all the boxes. You know, you know who was a f- I was a fan of? Both Hacksaw and Jim Duggan, and uh, I feel like sort of a, a, a close cousin of, uh, of uh, Hacksaw and Jim Duggan's was the Bushwhackers. The sort of, oh, like... Yeah chaos energy sort of uh, can't really make out what they're saying or why they're saying it but you appreciate Mm -hmm. that it's uh being said (laughs) and yeah not really sure what's like animating them motivating them as a character just had the piece of wood at all times and Mm -hmm. i appreciated a man that like worked with wood i guess um (laughs) And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, he worked with Wood, and he also um, went into a, a football stance um, for his uh, his finishing move. Right, that's right, that's right. Um, which I always appreciated. Yeah. Um, this guy on the that classic alignment system you see with like the nine squares, uh, he goes into the chaotic good square. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Very much so. Um, and then following him, um, I mean, my God, like one of the most striking visual images yeah. of this entire event uh i'm sorry i have to compose myself here <laughs> and collect myself a little bit um and i know that we're going long on these on these promo uh, spots that aren't even part of uh, of the actual in-ring action but oh my god rick the model martell as i've always said it's not what you do but how you look doing it you know, and just watch me shine when I throw everybody over that top rope. Oh, yeah, and Jake, I haven't forgot about you. I know the way things look for you lately. You need a little guidance. So it'll be my pleasure to guide you right out of that ring because I'm the winner of that Royal Rumble. The second that he comes onto the screen, it's just like, I don't, I don't even really know. And I... Try to pinpoint it, Ben. You know, like, Try to pinpoint it. <sighs> Listen... As an eight-year-old, I didn't have any uh, sexual experience, um, I'm relieved to say. Um, I didn't, I mean, I think I, you know, I knew that I liked girls, but I didn't like fully, you know, I didn't kind of understand. And I'm not saying that this event um, dramatically altered, you know, my (laughs) my course uh, in terms of that. Um, But there were definitely like... Moments. Feelings. That I am um, not ashamed at all to admit I felt where it was just like, holy shit. Like, are you like a human being can actually look like that? I think the most Um, striking thing for me is his torso. Um, Yes. The I 
I don't know what these muscles are called. I don't know if it's your traps. I I don't think it's your traps, but it could be your traps. But the muscles like b- behind your armpits, right? That, like, right. Those like wings. Dorsey, what, just for the what is, what is it? The Latissius Dorsey. Wow. Thank you. Thank you, Ghost. Wow. Thank you, Ghost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Those muscles are kind of what makes Rick uh, the model Martel look sort of. Like a different Ugh. species, basically. Like oh my God. he looks like some sort of fish or like bird or something. Where it's like, no, 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 no. Humans just have like a a rib cage and an arm. An arm goes into the side of the body. They don't have like yeah. flesh and muscles that sort of go out on an angle like that in that V shape. Yeah. It looks. Like it literally is like a. Those are back muscles, in fact, that are just so well developed that they're visible from. Yeah, the front. it's most human yeah. torsos when, are sort of rectangular, and his is more of a triangle, and it just it, it's earth shattering, mind shattering. Yeah, when he raises his arms and flexes with those two arms, it literally is like a bird. You said, uh, Chris, like like unfurling these wings that you like didn't that were like tucked under and that you it it is like it's like jarring and like and like and like actually like a little frightening to see like that like full display of human flesh and we also have to discuss the sheen of grease (laughs) i mean i i guess you would probably assume that's baby oil because that's what they all used but there's something about Martel that it looks like he's using like grease from a deep fryer. Like it's something above and beyond the usual professional wrestler, you know, oily torso, like muscle oil. It is like so thick and shiny. And it's not just on his muscles, it's on his face, it's on his forehead, his sun it's on he's his wearing sunglasses his sunglasses. As well. <laughs> um, it looks like he dipped his sunglasses in a deep fryer, um, and everything is just coated coated in this deep like thick film of of grease and he, he just looks incredible he's wearing a little tiny yeah. bow tie i mean he looks like a chippendale no. dancer like let's be frank adrian barney <sighs> listen before we start i just want to say once again that either one of you would make a fine addition to the chippendale family <laughs> i know you've been put through a long long audition and it's been hard but I think that in itself is a testament to how good both of you are and just how difficult our choice is. I wish I could just flip a coin and be done with it, but we can't. We're Chippendales. <laughs> Marcy, music. It's extremely, extremely pornographic. Dressed for the occasion with the royal purple. Critically, yeah, yeah exactly. Critically, I mean, that's a great point. He does look like a Chippendales dancer. Critically, that bow tie how can he breathe? It is so snug. It is so tight oh around God. his neck. Yeah. It looks like it is choking him. It, it should be choking him. The veins of his neck yeah. are popping out. Yeah. We're going to be talking about the, the, the model uh, uh, again before this is all, all, all done here. So I'll, I'll save any, any further thoughts so that we can move on in the interest of, of time, of course, which I know well, is I'll a... I'll say uh, one thing uh, in the disinterest of time. And that's, if you look at the model Rick Martel, I mean, the physique is absolutely, it's on, it's on par with the Warriors. Yeah. Um, or Ravishing Rick Rude, I would, I would or say. Or Ravishing Rick Rude. I will say, though, like, a lot of those guys, that, was, that did not bode well for them down the road. Like, if you were to program an AI, like, just, like, take a look at the guy and their survival rate 30 years later, which is today, 
Uh, guys like this, they usually didn't make it. Rick Martell, I'm happy to report, is still with us. But yeah. I should point out, it's usually it's the dad bods that are still with us. Jake the Snake. Uh, let's see, Hacksaw. Slaughter. Um, Sl and Slaughter, the big three dad bods. I mean, is I think... Uh, still around? DiBiase still around. Yep. still around, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, I'd say that Earthquake and... Um, Big Boss Man were went beyond dad bod. They were just like a little bit obese, whatever. Yeah. It is what it is. But the dad bods survive, you know. So take take that for what you will. Uh, what's the meme? The you may not like it, but this is exactly what uh, peak male performance looks like, and it's a picture <laughs> of uh, Ted DiBiase, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, certainly to my eight-year-old eyes, it, it was it was Rick the Model Martel, and he's like such a forgotten wrestler. Like not many people, like you know, a lot of people kind of like ironically talk about you know Ravishing Rick Rude or Million Dollar Man, or but the model, like he had a very brief kind of like peak, I guess. So when I bring his name up um, with a lot of like casual fans, they're like, wait, who is he? Um, but uh, but man, he's that is a name that that I will ever just be you know kind of kind of infatuated with frankly just en enchanted and and kind of confused and, and titillated and um yeah anyway we should probably move on bef before i uh, <laughs> make a fool of myself here um, well next up then is one of your all-timers um <sighs> oh my god this is a this is as i mentioned i think in a previous episode this is a wrestler that i always sort of loosely associated you with which is the british bulldog the royal rumble every man for himself and with 29 other opponents in the ring i'm glad i'm a bulldog incredible let's talk about this guy i mean ghost what a look here we have the bulldog with the beads the long braids and then and the white boy braids and then the beads in the braids um yeah uh whew, uh the British Bulldog just got back from uh, the Caribbean. A little vacation at the island, perhaps the Caribbean. Yeah. The Caribbean Bulldog. Um, but yeah, like, <laughs> I'll echo what you said, Chris. I uh, there's this indelible <laughs> association uh, with the British Bulldog with Ben Craw. Yeah. Um, and uh, I don't know what else to say. He's looking pumped. He's looking ready. Oh man, um, so pumped. Yeah, I mean, his deal was just that he was from Britain. Is that uh, is there more to it than than that? Yeah, no, he was he was British, which was exotic and cool and different. Um, had a bulldog and had a great accent. You know, he was in fact uh, British, I believe. Wait, is that right? Let me just double check that before. <laughs> yeah, I... Ben, you loved his dog. Oh Winston, my God, I was that, obsessed no, was obsessed with Winston. Yeah. I love yeah, the name yeah. Winston. Take it from Winston and me. Sid Justice has the size and the strength to become a top dog right here in the World Wrestling Federation. I thought Winston was like the coolest name because it was the name of British Bulldog's Bulldog, Pet Bulldog. Um, he was, in fact, uh, born in uh, Galborn, Lancashire, England. Okay. Um, and... Um, yeah, he was also a, a youngster, a relative. Um, you know, a lot of these 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 main stars were you know well into their thirties. Um, Slaughter was, I think, in fact, in his forties at this point. Yeah. Uh, but Davy Boy Smith, the British Bulldog, was uh, I believe he was twenty eight at the time of the of the ninety one Royal Rumble. Um, so he was still an up and comer. Um, I just yeah, I again like 
his his torso, like his his physique and build. Even though all these guys were muscle bound monsters, there was just something different about his like the compactness of like his shoulders, and he did have a huge ass. I think I definitely gravitated toward you know a good like a brick house ass, you know. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that that really you know, uh, <laughs> that no really shame. went along. It's a subtle but, indicator of just absolute power uh, in terms of physicality. It's, yeah, like uh, he wasn't base. Right, he wasn't hugely tall. Like he wasn't like a like a Hulk Hogan sized heavyweight. Right. But he was that like bodybuilder where you're like, oh man, this guy like just packs like a, you could tell he just like had more power. Like yeah, like and he had huge thick legs. Like a lot of these guys were like really top heavy. Um, yeah. And kind of had like little skinny legs, but Bulldog had massive like thick thighs. <coughs> Greg Valentine. Um, that would bulge out of his his. Um, also, I love that he wore his his tights all the way uh, full length uh, leg leg tights um, with that uh, beautiful you know Union Jack uh, red white and blue mm-hmm. Brit- uh, you know English flag across his ass. <laughs> um, what can I say? I I was yeah, I was totally under his you spell. Know what you, like. uh, you know what you like. Yeah. But yeah, his his steroid filled body just absolutely bewitched me, and I and I, uh, I I just couldn't couldn't shake it. And yeah, he wasn't the biggest star. Um, you know, he would go on to to have like a a pretty big run. Like a little bit later, he um he got the intercontinental belt from Bret Hart um at '92 SummerSlam, right. but he was never like you know champion. Um, he was just kind of that like under the radar. Like if you're a real wrestling head, like you appreciate British Bulldog. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah i certainly did boy all right next up we have mr perfect here this is the intercontinental champ mr perfect Mm. managed by bobby bobby the brain 30 of the greatest athletes in the world wrestling federation in the royal rumble 29 are going to be laying on the floor one man's going to be left standing guess who that one man is mr perfect intercontinental champion this is what makes me different from the other 29 athletes i'm by far the greatest athlete the world wrestling federation has ever produced i will win the royal rumble probably the brain heenan probably the greatest manager in wwf history absolute legend um and and commentator too one of my favorite partners with uh with monsoon those those two guys had a Incredible chemistry. Next up, we have Tugboat. It's Royal Rumble time. Every man for himself. And the old Tugboat is going to jump right into the middle of things. And Holster, if it comes down to you and me, well, Tugboat. Oh, my God. Yeah, those arms. The arms. Yeah, let's talk about the arms. Let's talk about the arms. Let's talk about the hat. Let's talk about the tank top. Um, it's an incredible look. I would say it, it's an incredible look on anyone, but placed on this man who's very large, it's an incredible yeah. look. I love the hat, um, this sort of white sailor's hat, and then a ghost. We have like what we would call maybe what a candy candy cane striped uh, tank top here, um, the white trousers. Um, this is a man who uh, sails, uh, Ghost. This is a man of the sea. He, he goes out in his boat. Uh, he's familiar with the ocean, and, uh, and he's also a giant wrestler. Uh, I, I it's, love it. It's, yeah, it's um, one of the reasons why, in retrospect, I love the WWF uh, so much is I've come to realize that my brain is very kind of... I, I, like, I'm an artist, so I think in symbols. So I love that they just create these 
characters yeah. that have all the markers of so you there's it's unambiguous and uh, no subtlety, no nuance, and I like that. Yeah. That's how I think as an artist. Not every mm-hmm. artist does, but I do, and I like markers. I like just like discreet, absolute symbols of things. And he's got the sailor hat. Yeah. And he's got the little, you know, it's uh, so true. Second mate striped shirt, and it's just uh, that. It's uh, so true. Checks all my boxes. It's kind of UWF <laughs> is saying like, "Hey, do you like the ocean? Great. Like we have a guy dude. that like goes out in boats, and he looks like I'm, a sailor, dude." I'm such a simpleton when it comes to that, and I never grew out of it, and that's part of why I am the artist I am, is just because I think and speak and communicate in those, like, just symbols, like, it's crazy uh, to to explain, but I think you guys get yeah, it. It's it's just, yeah, it's extraordinary. Yeah, 100%. This is sailor. That's what I want. I don't want, like, a kind of, like, uh, you know, made for a movie or TV kind of like edgy sailor. You can't really tell he wears, you know, whatever. I want it like explicit in your face, unambiguous. It's yeah. extremely like, helpful. That's how I like my tongue. And boat. what's fun is that everyone kind of brings their own baggage and sort of backstory to how they feel about those symbols and people. So like mm-hmm. if you hate sailors or you hate the ocean or you hate what, <laughs> you know, like whatever it is, if, yeah. if you hate evil uh, uh, businessmen, like you're not going to be a million dollar man guy. But if you love those people, million dollar man's your guy. But like, there was no mistaking like who this person is, and the WWF, I think, very smartly kind of allows the audience to fill in a lot of the blanks. You know? Yeah, totally. They 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 have all these like stereotypes that they that they can touch on and, and play with. Um, and I think it's a, one of the Big reasons why um, I'm sure it's is true of of, uh, of Ghost as well, but like why we kind of strayed from from this this product, you know, in the in the following years is because they kind of went away from that and they tried to be a little bit more edgy and realistic, and you know, all the all the big stars just wrestled in like black trunks, and you know, maybe they would have a nickname like The Rock or Triple H, but right. it wasn't like a like a thing. Like they had a, a character and a personality, but it wasn't like an explicit like, oh, you're an undertaker. Oh, you're a police officer. Yeah, oh, you're, dude. Um, yeah. And that stuff, like, it got to be too, like, so serious and too, like, well, like, where's the color? Where's the fun? I it's need too, sort it of wasn't... an occupation. Like, I need to know, like, yeah. what they do for a living and, like, what <laughs> they do, like, away from the ring. Um, yeah. And I need, their, yeah. I need like, their character in the ring to be a reflection of what they do outside of the ring. So, for instance, right, the, tug, exactly. the tugboat, is large like a is large like a boat and i have to assume mm-hmm. that he loves being out on boats and he pulls boats around so i very i have a very clear idea of what he's going to do in the ring and how he wants to wrestle yeah. he wants to be like a boat he wants to act like a boat he wants to look like he a boat he sounds like a boat he makes he makes the tugboat whistle yeah. sound yeah so like to ghost was saying like i don't want to overthink this i want to look at you and, and just understand who you are and what you're about and i i am with you cuz i i sort of left my fandom, you know, I, I, I kind of left the WWF just a few years after this 91 Rumble, and I think it was for a similar sort of reason, where it just became less interesting to me. Yeah, this is exactly what happened with me, too. You've been listening to Switch. 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 Swit